1: for our own recovery as well as our clients.
0: If you'd care to join us, we record live on Mondays at 12:30 p.m. Pacific Time on YouTube. We generally answer a few questions from our live viewers related to whatever topic we're covering that week. And if there's a topic you'd like covered, you can also submit a request on our website, purelyocd.com. And if you do find this podcast
1: helpful, please leave us a review so we can gain more visibility to reach more people like yourself and help spread awareness of what it's like to live with OCD.
0: Quick reminder: This is not intended as therapy or as a replacement for therapy. This is for educational purposes only.
1: So, without further ado, here is this week's episode.
0: Good afternoon. Uh, happy to be back.
1: Yeah, lots, lots going on.
0: Yeah, as a fair amount has happened. Uh, I had a child. <laughs> that that was a thing. <laughs> It and sure I, I, was. I still have a child, by the way. You, do. Like you a, do. You birthed the child. I, but yes, I I, I birthed the child that, that happened. So The most
1: precious child.
0: Well, I'm partial to her, but, you know. Definitely. Yeah. Um. But yeah, glad to be back. Uh, this week's episode, we're going to be talking about existential OCD and bringing it back to existential OCD, but this week talking about compulsions, because the last week that we talked many many weeks ago yeah. now was part 1 yeah. and then we thought we were going to do part 2 before i left on leave and and my little friend decided to join us early so here yeah. we are um she came knocking on the door a little she, soon she was not interested in waiting any longer no. as it turned out so yeah. um so yeah um so do you uh, where do we where do we want to begin with the the compulsions of the existential or did i miss anything in terms of re i don't know acclimating us to everything
1: i don't here's the problem i i'm trying to remember what we talked about specifically with the obsessions because i think that would be helpful in um being more clear and precise but
0: yeah for sure i mean i i know that it's been a while but i also know that we probably tend to talk about the same things in terms of obsessions so um That's just
1: my brain trying to be perfectionistic. And that's silly.
0: I understand. I, I, well, no, I don't understand. Just kidding. (laughs) Um, so yeah. So, I mean, when we talk, like when we talked last time, I'm presuming, uh, that Kelly and Lauren from three months ago talked about, uh, the, the, you know, the element of fear of, death fear of the afterlife uh, the the fears related to existence existence meaning meaning yeah i was gonna say meaning purpose um the the very nature of reality right so a lot of the mm-hmm. the matrix stuff and the truman show and the all that fun stuff um fun. yeah n- not not, <laughs> fun. <laughs> not fun um so, yeah, um, I, I think maybe going off of those yeah. types of obsessions as we talk about the compulsions probably makes sense. Yeah, that's great. Way Brilliant. To, mm-hmm.
1: Way <laughs> to launch us to success, Lauren.
0: Bam. <laughs> Bingo. <laughs> Thanks. I do right. bam. So, yeah, I mean, obviously there are so many different compulsions that can come up with this subtype. Yes. Yeah. Um,
1: So oftentimes we talk about like the people with existential obsessions, maybe like the philosophers of the OCD world. Mm -hmm. And it's not like totally off the nose there to see people who like major in philosophy and they're spinning out on existence and meaning and purpose. But a lot of it can be research, you know, looking into things like, is there a heaven? Is there a hell? Is... What's the science behind all of this? Is this just, what should I do? How do I find meaning and purpose?
0: Yeah.
1: Um, If we're going into more of like the Truman matrix type stuff, it can be, you know, trying to do like reality, quote unquote, reality testing. Mm -hmm. Like looking to see if somebody's looking at you strangely. Yes.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Checking. Checking.
1: Touching, making sure everything is uh, the wall is really standing there.
0: Yeah, or even touching your like it's like pinching yourself, yourself. right? But like touching like your hand and yeah. being like, "Is this even my hand?" Right? Mm-hmm. Or that kind of thing, um, for sure. And. Uh- and- I think also to that end, like we talk about checking sort of physically and looking in our surroundings or, or, uh, like touching things to make sure, but then there's also this emotional checking that starts to take place of like, do I feel real? I mean, whatever that means. (laughs) It's so fun. (laughs) But that like sort of spacey experience that comes with dissociation, which I know we did talk about last time, the element of dissociation being this huge trigger for a lot of people with this subtype. Mm -hmm. Um, If you have the experience of uh, sort of being out of your body or, and I like to think of it almost as a hyper awareness of your reality. That's really what the dissociative states boil down to is like, wow, I'm very aware Um, that that happens. And there's, there's that discomfort that comes with that. And also this concern, what if this feeling means that I'm living in the Truman show, or this is the Matrix, right? And I'm uh, I'm experiencing a glitch in the Matrix or whatever, you know, like or yeah, you might yeah. have deja vu and then all of a sudden, it's like, oh my gosh, oh. is it the matrix?
1: Yeah, yeah, the dissociation piece is a really big trigger and a common one that I see anyways. Um, and people I do find tend to research all the different like what causes dissociation and is this really OCD? Is this not another disorder? Like yep. you can spin hard on that one.
0: Very much so, and to the, this point that you're bringing up, it very easily dovetails into obsessing about uh, uh, whether or not you have OCD obsessions, compulsions, mm-hmm. etc. So, which, yeah, like the sort of meta OCD, which is very tricky because you know it's like, oh, but what if this isn't even OCD? Which we'll yeah. do, yeah. We'll do a whole nother thing.
1: Whole... We have actually,
0: I think we, yeah, we've gotten, we've done that at, at some point. Obsessing. Okay.
1: Yeah. We'll pro- I know. We'll, we'll probably, probably do it again.
0: Yeah. 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 So, so yeah. So the, you've got the, the dissociation as a trigger with like sort of emotional checking as a, a compulsive response.
1: Um, Asking for reassurance
0: too. Yeah. Yeah. How do you see that coming up? Um, well, I mean, the
1: thing that's the most like first thing to my mind is when I think last time when we spoke, you were sharing your own experience of it as a child yeah. Yeah. and how asking for reassurance was a big piece of that. Um, Huge. So yep. You can speak to that maybe a little bit here. Would no, be that's t-
0: totally fair. <laughs> um, yeah, I think just that I, I know that in my experience, the freneticism with which I would ask my mom or my, you know, my dad, like, well, am I going to be okay? And what if I, you know, do, will I go to heaven? What if I don't like heaven? All of that kind of stuff, like that. I just wanted an answer. Mm-hmm. I wonder too, to some degree, at a certain point you realize that your parents don't have the answers, but when it was coming up for me, I was a kid. And so it, It made sense to ask them for lots and lots of reassurance. I imagine that in adults, this happens more frequently. I mean, I obviously don't have the numbers, but I've certainly seen Mm -hmm. this happening where we're asking clergy members for reassurance or uh, looking through, I think you were mentioning this earlier, um, like looking through religious texts and stuff like that. Well, no, you were saying Google, but same idea, right? Like I'm going to research, um, to see what, what my faith says about this or, uh, what philosophers have said about this. But yeah, I think for a lot of kiddos, it probably does look like, Hey mom, dad, how do I know that I'm real or how do I, and I've, I've certainly seen that with kid clients with this particular theme, that it Mm -hmm. becomes like really fixating with a parent on and trying to have them answer the question. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So reassurance seeking for sure happens. It can happen with family members. It can happen with clergy members, which that's a tricky thing to navigate, I think, probably veering into the realm of more or of religious scrupulosity here definitely but how if if you have any thoughts on this i'd be curious how do you navigate helping people to have connection with clergy members or you know within their faith Mm -hmm. without necessarily becoming compulsive in in their relationships
1: well, I think starting with step one of knowing that what your compulsions are, mm-hmm. right? Because when it first, first hits, you're like, oh, well, this makes sense that I would question this or try to get down to the bottom of this. And a clergy member may be like, oh, wow, look, at they're very interested, they're devoted, they're trying to grapple with the hard questions. And so it could easily just right out of the gate spin out. So it's part of it is just acknowledging I have compulsions. And that piece of, I also have control over this and I can choose to not do that. So that choice piece where a lot of people feel almost compelled and they say like, as if the control is outside of them and it's not. Right. Right. It's the, it's the accountability to this and also not avoiding, right? Because it could be, it's so much and I don't trust myself and I'm just going to avoid going to whatever religious um, worshiping temple or church that you go to is that it's going to be really maybe holding yourself accountable, doing things based on values Mm -hmm. and talking about things that maybe aren't related to that or in a paced way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, that's well said. I think that this element of on some end, people are avoidant and some people are are more t- tend toward that reassurance seeking is an important thing to know about yourself too. So like knowing your compulsions, also knowing it if on the whole you veer away, like, I don't want to think about this because it's triggering for me to go to church. I'm going to have all of these thoughts about whether or not I'm going to go to heaven or hell um, or you know, what the afterlife is going to be like. Or I can
1: talk to the clergy members at all, too.
0: Right. Or I can't, because that's going to trigger things for me. Um, that the work is probably going to be in increasing contact, right? Like having going to church or to synagogue or to a mosque or wh- whatever the case may be um, and talking to clergy members. Whereas, on the other end of the spectrum, if somebody has this tendency to want to ask and ask and ask that for a time, it might look like, okay, well, let's, let's draw back because your tendency is to over ask. Mm -hmm. Um, and that the work of finding a middle ground, I think is something that comes a little later in recovery. Sometimes I agree. I agree. Um, but it's tricky too, because that hooks into that whole obsessing about obsessing, obsessing about compulsing thing. Like, oh my gosh, but is this, am I doing a compulsion by asking this question? And that's oftentimes what I think we end up having to work through with people, um, whatever extreme they're on. That's true. Yeah.
1: Very true. It's, it's hard to do that work. I think without an OCD therapist that work in particular.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I would agree with that. And you know, it's, this is where the work of exposure and response prevention is not completely manualized. It's not, it's not black and white. Yeah. It's not something
1: you're going to post. You're going to read on uh, Instagram.
0: No, no, it's not.
1: I mean the basics, but yes, it's so nuanced. It really is.
0: Yeah. And obviously we believe in, in psychoeducation. Otherwise we wouldn't be doing this podcast right. or, <laughs> and of we course. wouldn't have uh, advocacy platforms on social media, but there are limitations and, and recognizing where this it's this stuff is inherently messy. It is. Yeah. when you're talking about things like, you know, the nature of reality and, mm-hmm. and what happens after you die, you know, it's, it's, and it's a big question. Meaning and purpose. Yeah. And am I being,
1: you know, yeah. am I spending my time correctly?
0: Yeah. Yeah. What's interesting too, like I want to make a nod to here uh, because I know we were talking about like the the death stuff as being um, one of the ways this manifests. And I think it can be tricky because it can show up like depression or it can show up like OCD anxiety. Hmm. And it's not like those are mutually exclusive, but understanding where your inclination may be to, on the one hand, worry or ruminate, uh, to resolve it. And on the other hand, it may just be like, well, resignation. And I'm going to tell the story about how everything's messed up and never going to be okay. Um, does that make sense? Well, can you give an example? Yeah. So okay. yeah. Instead of just talking about this in the conceptual, that's a good yeah. plan. Good call. Okay. So if somebody is afraid, like I see a fair amount of people who have fears related to losing a loved one. hmm right? Or who think about the loss of a close loved one. And I see that happening where uh, I I see in response to that, that sometimes people will just spin about like, well, what am I going to do when they die? And how am I going to be okay? And what, like, how can I make sure to, to establish everything so that I can handle this? And I'm talking about this, you know, being not something that's likely to be imminent. Like it's not like right around the corner and no, somebody's not currently dying. Um, although it could, it, it could, it could. <laughs> totally. could even
1: happen post. Yes, Yeah,
0: for sure. But that it, it could come up that way of like, I'm trying to make sure that everything's going to be okay when that happens, or I'm trying to savor every single moment. I need to make sure like the, the sort of, um, intense, activity level around i'm going to fix this versus city <laughs> <intensity> level it's <laughs> high with the intensity level man okay <laughs> um but on the other hand that it's the, the that and that's sort of the anxiety response that there's a tendency with this material to become depressive like well why even bother like if they're going to die anyway then what's the point of all of this and i guess it's all meaningless anyway. And right. Like, but, but there's no, you can hear that in that churning, there's no resolution to that. It's just, no. uh, well, this is my, well, my lot in life. Your life's going to get dark. Uh-huh. Quick that yeah. way too. No, I mean, my life just became dark. Just talking about that for five yeah. seconds. Um, <laughs> but Shit. you know, it's, and it's like, and that same thing happens. It doesn't have to be about death. It could be about like, well, if we live in the matrix, then what's, what's the point? if this is a simulation, what's the point? Um, and, and again, like it can come up in the anxiety, it can come up in the depressive side of things. It can come up in both. Usually when people ask me about that, I'm like, well, then I guess you just have to live your best simulated life, you know, like, and I, like, I, I think that it's, important. It's been important to me with, with these t- types of big ticket questions to have humor infused a little bit, mm-hmm. because it's like, well, I guess I'm really going to crush it in the matrix then, yeah. you know? Um, but also just that obviously that's terrifying. It's like, okay, yeah. I don't, I don't like that idea. No, I don't, I don't either, but yeah. And I'm jumping ahead. Cause now we're talking about ERP, but
1: No, I mean, it's, but this is how every episode will be. It's going to bleed into the next inherently. So how do you find it when you're trying to pull somebody from the the dark side, if you will, or like that, that, forget it, like screw it, I'm out. Yeah. Like, do you think it's more helpful to work on the depression first Mm -hmm. or simultaneously or because mm. I, I imagine this is a common question people and also with treatment a lot of people will go in for treatment to treat the depression not knowing even it's OCD right, right. and then a therapist isn't an OCD specialist and they're like what in the heck is going on yeah um,
0: and giving them tons of reassurance like oh, well, life is worth living and it's probably not a simulation mm-hmm. and etc yeah yeah. Well, I I feel like I've been chatting a lot. I would actually like to re- – I mean, I'm happy to answer it, but I kind of want to reflect back to you and ask you what your thoughts are. Hmm.
1: So in my my experience, and I think yours, we usually see both, like that depression is on board and people can vacillate between the two mm-hmm. um, if they haven't gone through OCD before and this isn't their first – like this is their first time around, let's yes. say. Yeah. Um, Because they don't know that on the other side of this, there is recovery and it's possible. So I think when you get like the first rounders, that there's a tendency to have more of that depressive side and it's harder to get them to buy into treatment.
0: Mm.
1: And that a lot of it is behavioral activation. Like we're going to work on depression and then slowly pacing into the exposure stuff depending on the person too, right? Like yeah. everybody's so different and.
0: Yeah. To but, your point, it may have, it may have to be in tandem. It may be the depression worse. It may be the anxiety first. just depending on so many different variables. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, should we break down behavioral activation? I'm sure we've talked about it on here before, but you know, fancy mm-hmm. therapists speak for so
1: behavioral activation is, it's kind of the protocol for Uh, Treating depression along with CBT. I almost said CBD. Definitely not (laughs) CBD. A little rusty here on the podcast. Oh, good, Um, man. So, you know, restructuring thoughts, but not OCD related, right? Like dealing with like depressive symptoms and I'm not good enough kind of stuff, like poor beliefs. Um, Probably working on self-compassion. You know, that's a big one. And then behavioral activation specifically is getting that person to get outside, have a routine, do things that like challenge them and activate them, right? So it's not like avoiding life and becoming stagnant and not leaving your house and not talking to anybody and becoming this very um, reclusive human.
0: Yes. Which by the way, is a terrible way to get better when you're depressed
1: so it's uh yeah.
0: <laughs> hanging out by yourself not because connecting with the world it's really it, it yeah it's not so we're gonna mm-mm. go
1: outside and go for a walk and exercise and talk to people and walk yeah. down the street to get coffee or whatever
0: yep absolutely
1: schedules schedule schedule
0: yep absolutely because it does start to like with depressive episodes, it like it's like devolving into like uh, like there's no structure. It's just like life becomes this blob, <laughs> <Yeah>. you know, <laughs> it's like yeah. yeah, nebulous, difficult. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think. Oh shoot, what were we just talking about before? Um, behavioral Blobs. activation. And yes. Then- yeah. So I think structure is important. I think values are also important. Yeah. Definitely. So, um, this is where looking at like, well, what kind of a person do I want to be? And how does that person show up? And like, what are my larger goals and what things speak to me and excite me about life? Um, that exploring that becomes really important too. Even when you don't feel like it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The
1: key to all this. Yeah. People think, oh, well, but I don't feel like doing that, or I don't want to have that experience while feeling
0: sad. Right. I have to address that first and then we can go from there. And it's like, no, that's not really how it works. It's, I mean, it's CBT with, with depression is not so different from in that way, CBT with anxiety, because we're not going to talk yourself into not feeling anxious. Just like we're not going to talk ourselves into not feeling depressed. You know, we're going to go get it. Exactly. You can talk your uh, talk to yourself about like, okay, well, would it, like what does it make sense to do here? But then you got to take the action whether mm-hmm. or not you feel like it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. A lot of people say, well, I don't feel motivated or I'm waiting for the motivation to do it.
0: No, yeah. no.
1: But so now that we're talking about it, some of this behavioral activation stuff could be a good exposure in the OCD realm of, mm-hmm. you know, existential stuff or even, you know, a pretty good trigger for some people.
0: Yeah. How, uh, will you give an so example of what you
1: simultaneously. think? Simultaneously, you're like yeah. treating the depression while treating the OCD. So it could be like, okay, I'm going to go, um, I'm going to go to church. Yep. Okay, because that's something I value, and I want to have meaning and connection with people. And I'm also going to be scared because what are they going to talk about?
0: Yeah. Absolutely. And-
1: I'm going to question everything.
0: Yep. And how do I, and then practicing not trying to figure it all out is yeah, yeah, a part of being out in the world, which for whatever it's worth, it, like talk about self-compassion or room for that because it's a lot of heavy lifting,
1: you it know, is.
0: it's to say like, okay, we're going to ask you to like pick yourself up when you're feeling, you know, depressed, you've got this like weight on you and let's like you're, you're pulled down by a heavy blanket. And then also when you're out and about, you're going to get sort of like punched a little bit. Huh? So
1: it's so true. I always, fuck. I have so much. Um, I just feel so much for my clients when I'm asking them to do stuff like that, because I personally, as do you know how that feels Yeah, and you just, it's like, God, I know it's so brutal, but yeah. you know, like let, we got to do it. This is, the, yeah. there's no other way. Yeah. There's literally yeah. no other way. If there were, I would have done it and I would be telling you what to do instead.
0: Well, and I'm the first person to talk through that with my clients. Like, yeah. okay, oh, well, let's, let's look through the options here. Cause like, mm-hmm. if there's a better option by all means, but, let's, like, do it. let's do it. But like, I've yet to have anyone kind of come up with Cause it. Cause I've together. tried. Yeah. All of the options. Mm -hmm. I've learned about all of the options. (laughs) I've also tried all of the options. Yeah.
1: And at some point, you know, and everybody's, you know, uh, hitting rock bottom, everyone's rock bottom looks a little different, you know, and I think it takes a lot for people. It's such hard work and it's so scary that it does sometimes take rock bottom to get them to be like, all right, screw it. I've done everything. I've yeah. tried everything. Yeah, and it's not working. So I'm gonna just do this thing.
0: Yeah, that's such a good point, and I think that that's true with every subtype. Is like, yes. Sometimes Agreed. I'll even see people. I'm sure you do too. And they they come in. It's like week after week. They I notice that they kind of revert to trying to resolve the yes. uncertainty, trying to fix it, and it takes a, a a few maybe sessions, maybe a little bit longer to go like. Mm-hmm. I'm doing the same thing and it's not working and it hasn't worked and kind of pointing out to them like, okay, well, how is this, how's this serving you or not? Um, Yeah. Yeah. It's tough. It is tough, man. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's hard work. And, you know, I think this subtype in particular has literally no way. Like, it's just so... I mean, none of them have an answer, but I just feel like this is like, you aren't going to get shit from anyone. (laughs) There's nothing. There is nothingness. Like it is
0: just a whole. The greatest minds have been thinking over these questions for- For a millennia. Ever. Yeah. And it's not like, there's no, there's no solid answer. Mm -hmm. I don't think anyway. Not that I felt. A A glitch in the
1: matrix is a really good exposure. But yeah. we'll talk about that next time.
0: <laughs> we will. But I think, yeah, at the end of the day, maybe as, a, as we start to wrap up this episode on the compulsions, I think it's important to recognize how hollow the behaviors are. The fact that you really aren't getting any closer to an answer. And that's true mm-hmm. with every subtype. It's, as you're saying, particularly true of this one. And so it, it becomes, okay, well, do you want to waste your life trying to resolve this question that you cannot possibly have an answer to. Yeah. Unless I guess Neo like, I mean, pops out and like asks you which pill you want to take. I don't know. Like until, until that happens, there's just, there's no knowing. And so your choices are to continue to try and figure it out and miss out on whatever reality you happen to be living in or to just dive in and accept that like, it's like, who knows, who knows if this is real, who knows what's going to happen next, who knows when people are going to die and how I'm going to respond to it or whatever iteration of this thing you may be dealing with. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah, it is. Any other like closing thoughts from your vantage point on this? No, I think you,
1: I think you did a great job. Just, again, it's like, this is a false control. It's not, no, it's, it's like you have to logically understand it's not getting you anywhere.
0: Yeah. And once you do, and once you really accept that, there's actually a lot of freedom. There is. It's true. A lot of fear too, but a lot of freedom. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, as always, my friend, I I love that we get to talk about this together. It's special and of course, always. Thanks for joining for those of you who did. And uh, we'll look forward to to seeing you next time in two weeks, right? Yes. Next time is two weeks. So we're going to do, as we sort of figure out like my schedule is, you know, very much in flux with this new little person and then the holidays and everything. So, um, we will be back on Monday, the 27th at 1230 PM Pacific time. And, uh, yeah, have a great couple of weeks. Yes. Adios. Adios. Thanks
1: for joining us. Just as a reminder, this podcast is not therapy, nor is it intended as a replacement for therapy. If you need further support, we encourage you to seek treatment with a registered professional
0: who specializes in OCD. If you have a moment, we'd love to hear what you think. Feel free to leave us any feedback by reviewing us on your podcast app of choice. You can find past episodes on our website at purelyocd.com. Remember, this podcast is for you, so please let us know what you would like to hear. We want to make our message as helpful as it can be. We hope you will join us in the future as we continue our discussion
1: on all things OCD.